1: Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, as always, presented by our great friends over at ScentLock. Uh, ScentLock is leaps and bounds. Um, in my mind, the best uh, clothing you could ever find, the best clothing system you could ever find for whitetail hunting. Um, whether you're going to Texas uh, and it's 90 degrees or you're hunting in Nebraska and it's five degrees, um, they have the best system I've personally ever found. Um, and that's why the BE1 Toolkit from ScentLock is my best friend. Uh, so go check out ScentLock if you have not. I've got a good friend uh, on the phone, a, a project, if you will, that I've been hinting at uh, for a couple episodes now. I've got Joey Zatmary on the phone. Joey, how are you, man?
0: Good, good. How are you?
1: Man, I am incredibly excited. My favorite thing um, is getting people hunting. Um, now, it's, it's my understanding. Well, let's just start. Let's start with this. Um, up to this point, what is your experience with hunting?
0: Uh, well, uh, five years ago, I shot a squirrel with a shotgun. Uh, so that was pretty solid. And then I ate it. Um, and then pretty much nothing until, uh, this year, this is my first, uh, you know, bigger game, you know, whitetail, uh, hunting season. So I'm fairly new to the game. I'm trying to learn as much as I can and, you know, honestly, just blessed to have this opportunity uh, that we'll be talking about, you know, on the podcast. But yeah, man, I'm I'm super new to the whole thing, so I'm just excited and, and uh, hungry to get after it.
1: Now, before we begin this conversation and, and the the goal for today, uh, so if you haven't been following along, you don't know what's going on. Joey is flying here to Kansas. Uh, we're gonna drive to Oklahoma and hunt with our good friends over at Liberty Ranch, and uh, and so I want to do a podcast kind of covering. Um, pre-hunt tips, questions, um, you know, whatever, what to expect. Um, and then come back post-hunt, uh, was it anything like you expected, uh, lessons learned, so on and so forth. Uh, Bear Archery is going to be covering this on their YouTube. Uh, so you can also head over there. We'll have some videos put out of just tips and tricks along the way. Um, so you can head over to Bear Archery's YouTube, check it out there. Uh, but a project I'm really excited about because I love, I love the, the, the growth of a new hunter. And so, uh, before we jump in, though, you do have to give us an introduction to yourself personally. Uh, you're super strong or something like that, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess some folks would say I'm, I'm super strong. Uh, unfortunately, the guys that I'm around are absolute animals. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so background on myself uh, basically was an athlete uh, growing up. You know, I was a big time football player, lacrosse player, I wrestled a little bit and then, I uh, played college lacrosse. Um, I got into weight training at a young age and it was always something I was passionate about, something that was uh, like, you know, therapeutic to me, like a meditation, uh, some would say, and just always about, you know, getting better, um, you know, for, for myself. And I, and I used, uh, strength training to do that. So fast forward, uh, you know, after college was done, I kind of was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was contemplating working for the government, uh, but then I always had this passion to help others uh, with fitness and strength training, and you know, uh, pursue that as as my full time gig. And I ended up, you know, pulling the trigger on that. Um, so, got involved with being a strength coach and a personal trainer early on. You know, so it's been over about ten years. Uh, Since I started that journey. And then that led from one thing to the next where I opened up my own gym. Uh, So just kind of been uh, an entrepreneur getting after it. You know, I have tons of ideas. And, you know, I love helping people. So I do that uh, through strength training. And then uh, I kind of got into the YouTube scene, um, you know, early on making videos and content of my own training and just kind of documenting the process. And it wasn't until, uh, probably the last couple of years where I really thought like I could grow this channel to be something unique and special. Uh, so I put a lot of time and effort and energy into doing that. And, uh, the YouTube channel hit over a hundred thousand subscribers. Um, the, you know, social media has been really cool for me to uh, share my message and grow and connect with people. Hence you know, how we linked up was, was through social. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of that, um, on the side, you know, I compete in strongman, So I'm a national champion in the sport of strongman. So if you guys watch world's strongest man, basically, uh, I do all the same things just have a lighter weight class. You guys normally, when you watch on TV are watching, you know, the, the heaviest and the strongest guys in the world, uh, for me, you know, I have a cap that I just try not to exceed my weight with. So, uh, that's the level I compete at. Um, but I'm super passionate about the sport and just strength training in general. Uh, but I've competed in a lot of things for my, you know, my entire life. So uh, I kind of have that competitive, you know, mindset and just always trying to, to push myself and and become a better individual. But I'd say that's kind of me in a nutshell. And I love the outdoors. Uh, you know, I'm a guy who likes to be out in nature and have fun. Um, you know, I love just doing anything outside. I, I, I love to be outdoors.
1: My, uh, I was trying to explain to my kids, uh, who was coming and, you know, usually I can just say they're a, they're a hunter, you know, whatever daddy works with them through, through Pope and young or bear archer, whatever. And, uh, this time I was like, I was telling my three year old, I'm like, he's a strong man and, and not meaning like physically strong, but like competes in strong man. And my son is three. And so you know, <laughs> Superman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, all that stuff, that's all he cares about. And, uh, and so if my son calls you like Iron Man or something, sorry, but that's the first thing he thought of was like, oh, he's strong. He's a superhero. So <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, okay.
0: It's, it's pretty funny. I don't think I look anything like Aquaman, but I've been out multiple times where people are like, they'll be like, yo, Aquaman, or they'll be like, is that Jason Momoa? And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I, I get it. It's like a joke or something, but at the same time it's happened enough where I'm like, okay, like. This has been like, like, yeah, like this is like the fifth time someone said this in the, in like a, you know, when I'm out at at dinner or something. Uh, But it's funny you say that because you can just say, like, yeah, I mean, I'm totally cool with that. I would love to have, uh, you know, a super, super, uh, you know, hero uh, name going on.
1: There you go. Well, before we jump in, let me give a quick thank you to our friends over at Three Rivers Archery. Uh, Very fitting because Three Rivers is a place that um, not only are they the world's largest distribution for anything traditional equipment, um, but they're also a wealth of knowledge. So if you're just getting into the sport uh, or if you're just making the transition to shooting a recurve, um, Three Rivers is an absolute place you need to call because uh, the information is free. Uh, When I made the transition to a recurve, I spent hours on the phone with them talking talking arrow tuning and broadheads and, and brace heights and, and all sorts of things. So guys go check out our friends over at three rivers archery, great friends of bear archery, great friends of myself. And, uh, they are a a wealth of knowledge and the world's largest, um, retailer for all things traditional. So go check out three rivers archery, uh, Joey, let's talk about the, the why, like what, what switched in your mind where, where, where you thought to yourself, like, this is, I, I need to get into big game hunting. Yeah,
0: so that's interesting. Um, so growing up, uh, kind of backstory is my grandfather was an entrepreneur as well, and he owned a machine shop. Um, but something he always did on the side was uh, you know, he made his own uh rifles and stuff, which was pretty cool. So I was always around it at a young age. Um and I was always, you know, shooting and exposed to a younger. Um, but I was always more into fishing for whatever reason. Like I was always grew up just like fishing, and my grandpa, I think was a big influence in my life and he wasn't hunting as much uh when you know when i came into his life he did that kind of earlier on so for for him it was a lot of fishing um and then we did some small game stuff but it wasn't anything crazy but it it, for some reason years and years went by and then there was always kind of this like this itch to do it and as i got more mature and as i i got older uh i kind of just missed almost like the man's rite of passage Per se. And I feel like hunting is a, is a really big part of that. Uh, and I feel like with the age we live in, right? It's so, there's so much busyness and there's so much technology and we're so connected and there's information overload everywhere. So for me, like when I get out and go into nature, it's a great disconnect. Um, I find, like I said, super meditative or therapeutic. And I kind of want to get back to the roots of, you know, like those rites of passage that men would do, right? Like, you know, so for me, being someone who's heavily involved with social media and have to be on my phone as a necessary evil, it's like my way to just tune everything out, go out there, be super focused and kind of a, in the moment with everything. Um, but interestingly enough, kind of making this all come full circle, I'm a big reader and I, I love reading. I'm reading, there's always something uh, I'm reading My my room has books everywhere, Uh, but there was a book called the comfort crisis. And I don't know if you've read that or not, but, um, it takes place during a hunt in Alaska. And the whole book's premise is about getting uncomfortable and doing things, you know, that you necessarily don't want to do, but the person you become from doing them. Um, and, and I was so into this, this hunt that they were on in Alaska. And I just remember, you know, and I'm, every now and then I'll have something in my life or like a book or something that I'm like, that changed my life. Uh, but I remember putting that book down and I was like, I'm going to take action. You know, like I'm going to start hunting. Um, it's going to be something new for me. It's going to be, uh, uncomfortable at first because it's always tough being the new guy and not understanding everything and trying to figure it all out. And, and to be honest with you, I was intimidated, right? Like, where do you start? What do you do? Who do you talk to? How do you get involved with that type of thing? And, uh, you know, so that that was kind of my reason why. Um, and on top of that, you know, I, I really want to get involved with the process of of the hunt and harvesting and being self uh, reliant in a sense, right? Where I have these new skills that can can really help me uh, just be a better man, a better person. And uh, yeah, so I've just been really excited to get into it, and I kind of immerse myself head first into it.
1: How old are you, Joey? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Man, it I now I feel uncomfortable. Uh because I'm 28 <laughs> as well. And I look like a child next to you. So uh now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> um no, I, I asked that because you know I've heard guys say it before. They're like, I've waited too long. I've waited too long, and I'm like, dude, you're 24. Like you, you haven't waited too long. Like there is no and, and I get what they're saying, like I get the idea of like Well, your grandpa taught you, or like you've been doing it since you were 12 or, uh, you know, I get that idea, but there's also something super respectable about, um, adult taking on hunting, uh, because it is a whole new challenge, you know, and and I, I'm not going to name any names. Um, but, but I got to talk to a lady at, at the Pope and young convention and, uh, she didn't begin hunting until her kids were graduated and gone. Um, and, and that's when she thought like, I need something in my life, like I need something to to take this over. And uh, so you're talking 40, 45, and that's why I didn't say name, because I don't want to <laughs> insult anybody on age, but um and, and now she's killing like top three animals in the world. And I'm like, man, like you talk about diving in head first, like taking trips to Africa and and hunting Alaska, and it's just like gosh. And so that's what I like, if you're listening to this podcast and, and, and my, my whole, my whole goal in life is to teach and inspire hunters. And so if you're listening to this and you've never taken that dive, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what kind of resources you have. It doesn't matter where you're from. Like, you know, I, I've heard people say, well, I live in a big city where there, you know, there's nowhere to hunt. I've got good friends in New York city, uh, who go on like hunts of a lifetime. Like don't let, don't let something keep you from in my opinion the greatest way of life there is and uh and and that's hunting um you talked about it a little bit um you talked about the barriers that you face there a little bit and, and I'm excited to jump into that but um and we're not going to dive into like logistics of your diet but uh, I'm sure you're a man that consumes a lot of meat um so was the covid meat crisis like part of that like oh crap like I need to learn how to harvest my own meat
0: yeah. I mean, I'm 100% meat eater. I eat a lot of meat. Uh, so for me, yeah, going through these times in the last, uh, I guess, two years now, it, it was just kind of, a, I think, a reality check for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And for me, you know, like I said, being self-reliant has become a huge part of my life. And I'm by no means like a hardcore doomsday prepper. But I like to be prepared, you know, I'd rather have the skills and not need them than need them and not have them is kind of what I like to say with all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, and, and, you know, God forbid I ever had to, or, you know, and the future, like I grew up camping, right? So it's like, if I want to do big camping trips, or whatever, I could be in a situation where it's this is something that I may need to fall back on at some point. So yeah, yeah, I would say there's definitely uh, that kind of reality that's set in more so than ever, I would say with what was going on in the world. Um, You know, and that really had given me a push to, like I said, just want to be more self-reliant in in a lot of ways, whether that was hunting, whether that was just survival uh, type skills or just being more prepared uh, with my household items. You know what I mean? Just like I said, just more of a reality check for sure.
1: Um, I feel like if you're not, you need to watch Alone. That's a great show.
0: I, I do. I do. I really like alone. Yeah. It was, it's kind of funny because like I said, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. So, and, and I've been that way my whole life. So it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, but it's funny for like my family members when I'm just like, yeah, I'm going hunting next week. And there's kind of like, where, where did that come from? Where, you know, I, I go from watching like, you know, whatever on TV to then it's like binge watching alone, like the whole season in like two days, you know? So, uh i've just always been like that but uh they get a kick out of it because because i'll do it too you know like it it escalated from i'm going hunting to then, hey i got this opportunity to go to oklahoma and hunt and they're kind of looking at me like yeah that escalated pretty quickly like how did that happen
1: (laughs) (laughs) now speaking of let let me tell the why of why we're going to oklahoma um you know we could have hunted Arkansas, we could have hunted Kansas. We could—I mean, we could have picked anywhere. Um, but I've got a really good friend, uh, and he runs an outfit down there, and uh, Liberty Ranch Outfitters, which is a world-class outfit. Um, and and I am of the of the opinion that if you're getting into hunting, or if you're making a transition into a new species, uh, find an outfitter uh, because those guys—they do it for their life. Uh, they do it for a living. Uh, those guys can teach you more than than anybody. So so if you're looking to get into hunting, be it whitetail hunting, um, find an outfit and then spend a week with them and spend that whole week. Listen, I've bugged outfitters to death, uh, spend that whole week asking them questions. Why do you do this? Why are we hunting here? Uh, why are we doing this in this part of the season? I mean, spend that whole time asking them those things. Uh, my first bear hunt I went on, um, I made, I don't want to say mistake, but uh, I did it over the counter with some buddies in Idaho and and went into it blind and and, and unprepared. And I had no understanding of of bears and, and what ele- elevation they would be on during that time of the year and just struggled. Um, and then the next year, hired an outfitter, uh, went on a bear hunt, was super successful, shot a really nice bear. And, uh, and I learned more from that one week of an outfit than I did a, a month of just trips around the mountain, trying to find a bear. Um, now don't get me wrong. There are tons of things you can learn and there's lessons you can learn by failure that you'll never learn from an outfit, but I'm of the big, I'm of the opinion that, that hire an outfit, learn a lot, then go out and try to do it yourself. Um, so, so we're headed to Oklahoma uh, to hunt with Corey there at Liberty ranch and, uh, just a fantastic ranch there in Oklahoma with crazy, awesome whitetails. Um, but yeah, that's why we're going to Oklahoma because I'm a big proponent of find an outfitter. I still ask Corey, I'm like, you know, Hey, they, they run a, an insane, um, feeding program. And so, as I have my properties here in Kansas and I'm, I'm planning food plots and, 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 and things for next season. I'm asking those guys, Hey, when do you plant this? Why would you plant this over that? And, and I want to continue to learn from outfitters, So I'm a big proponent of, of finding an outfitter. So, um, that's why we're going to Oklahoma as, as Joey mentioned there. Um, you mentioned a couple barriers of getting into hunting. Um, as you, as you made that step into hunting, what would you say your biggest barriers of entry into the outdoors were? um
0: i mean I, I think overall it was just intimidating for me of figuring out kind of where to start right you're trying to think about okay what am i gonna hunt i'm gonna hunt a deer so then what do i need to hunt a deer right am i gonna do uh bow am i gonna do rifle okay well if i need a bow right like then it comes down to uh gear and then it's like well even we can backtrack and go well where am i gonna go right so there, there are just so many questions of just like um like I said, from the ground up that I didn't know. And, you know, I started to kind of reaching out to some people who I knew were hunters and kind of picking their brain a little bit. Um, but for me, I, I think the biggest barrier is just where to start, right? Like where to start and why, like, why would I do one thing over the other, you know, like, um, and we can kind of get into it, but like, for me, uh, it, it may, like I said, these can be blessings. These can be curses, but from what I had heard, you know, is archery, uh, can be pretty challenging, and for me, like right away, I was like, I really like the challenge, right? Like, and I thought it would be cool to get into archery first. So, you know, I went out and I purchased a bow, and I talked to the guys at, at this shop. And you know, the first thing for me was trying to figure out how. Well, okay, well, how do I shoot a compound bow? Uh, because if I can't do that, right, we're never going to get anything. Uh, so it was just like one step after another. So it's hard to say exactly like what was the main thing but i think for me i mean just being a beginner was just the amount of information the decisions i had to make and then kind of figuring out which route to take and how to go from there
1: yeah and so, and and so for those kind of guys um that are facing those same kind of questions and yeah. and concerns if you will i would just start by saying keep it simple like when you start watching and it's the same for anything like if i start if i google like weightlifting i'm going to find you and that wouldn't be an entry level. Like, I don't want to try those types of things uh, or do those types of things. And the same is true for, for, for archery and hunting. Like if you Google, you know, archery hunting, like you're going to find Fred Eichler and he's going to be shooting a recurve in Alaska at Grizzlies. Like, that's not where you start. Like, you know, take it down a notch. Um, And, and the same is true for like even equipment. Like if you Google like archery hunting, like sure, you might find, you know, I don't know. You might find John Dudley and he's going to have all the bells and whistles on his bows and, and, and all these things. And I just tell people like, slow down, like, take it easy. Uh, let's, let's, let's crawl before we walk and let's walk before we run. And, uh, and that's why like my wife, you know, she's, she's new to to archery hunting and her bow is as simple as it can get. Like she's got a whisker biscuit. She's got a three pin sight, nothing fancy about doesn't move, doesn't slide. Um, you know, super simple stabilizer. She's not running back bars and 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 all the the gizmos and gadgets and 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 I just tell people like keep it simple as possible. Like and for what that might be different for everybody. Like for some people, a single pin is incredibly uh, simple to understand. Um, for some people, a three pin is incredibly easy to understand. Um, I wouldn't suggest jumping into like a multi pin slider to begin with because that's you know a little more complex and more to it. And, and so I would just say, start by keeping it simple. Like, don't try to overcomplicate everything. Um, Secondly, um, don't be afraid to ask questions like, and and obviously Joey's not, but, but, and he said it himself. He said, I reached out to a few guys that, that I knew hunted. And then when I went into the bow shop, I, like I asked them and, and so don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to, to dive in and, and, and look silly. You know, I mean, sound silly and saying what is this and and people might people might be like you serious dude but at least you're gonna know like at least you're gonna walk away having known and uh and Tom clum who's kind of been my my recurve coach um, through my, my process of switching to a recurve um, he said it best himself he's like if if anybody in their right mind had to ask those questions when they began they won't laugh at you like if that makes sense like the people that you're asking the questions, they had to ask the questions at one time too. Like we weren't born with this knowledge. You weren't born with the knowledge of how to side in a bow. You weren't born with the knowledge of how to French tune a bow. Like you had to, you had to learn somewhere. So, so if anybody in their right mind, you ask them those questions, they're not going to think less of you or laugh at you or make fun of you. Like they're going to answer you because they were there themselves. Um, and for some not very long ago. Um, so don't be afraid to ask questions now. I will say this, though. Find reliable resources. Um And, and this, again, that goes with anything. Like, I don't want to take weightlifting advice from somebody who's, you know, dying on a deathbed from being obese. Like, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say that. But um I want to take weightlifting advice from somebody who, who has succeeded in it. Um So when I, when I made the switch shooting a recurve, like, you know, I wasn't calling my neighbor down the street who shot a recurve twice in his life. I was calling you know, Jim Willems and Harvey Ebers and and these legends of bow hunting uh, who have been super successful with recurve in their life and and asking them some of the dumbest questions they've ever heard. Um, But I wanted to know that the information I was getting was reliable. Um, So that's what I would just say is, is don't be afraid to ask questions, but find somebody who's reliable in doing so. Um, Which looking back, like (laughs) there's so much misinformation out there. Um, and there's so much like, uh, old redneck ideology that, that isn't even correct. Like, but it's been preached and taught and, and, and pushed through the the generations. And, and anyways, sorry, that's off, off topic. So, um, what would you say getting into hunting? What would you say your biggest like questions about hunting were?
0: Uh, I think for me, it's, um, uh... You know how to figure out how animals operate and move, you know, how to track them, like you had said, kind of. I could connect with about the bear thing, right? Like when I'm out there by myself, uh, trying to figure out, you know, where to sit, uh, to have the best chances for, you know, whitetail to come by, you know, I, I don't know all that kind of stuff. So for me, it's just like when I'm out there, what should I be paying attention to? What are the big things? Uh, and like you said, keeping it simple. So it's like, instead of getting complicated, what are, if I could put on, you know, a list on my, my hand, right. Like the five things, like, what would they be for my best chances of, you know, hunting an animal or whatever I'm trying to hunt? So things like that, uh, for me were kind of like my biggest questions. Um, you know, the basics was, you know, when to go out, right. What's the weather supposed to be? Like, why is the weather supposed to be that way? Like, You know, even uh, we were having a conversation the other day. You're like, Saturday looks awesome because we got a cold front or something like that. My mind, I'm like, that's sick, but I don't really know why. (laughs) You know, so, but it's like stuff like that where I can understand. Like, I like to understand uh, the the you know some of the bells and whistles to make me more successful or to to recognize is this a good day or a bad day. You know, like what are the chances? Are they going to be are they going to be better or are they going to be worse depending on some circumstances that are going on. Um, you know, where like you had said, there's so much misinformation out there. Me being in the fitness industry, it's the same exact thing, but I'm the new guy in a whole different environment now, so I want to try to find that reliable information and education.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Um, and again, keeping it simple, like think about the only things you need in life and, and not what you want in life, but what you need in life food, water, and shelter. Um, the same exact thing is true for whitetails. Then come November you know, then they have another thing on their mind and, and we'll get there. That's a whole nother animal because that is, that is unpacking like the, the unpredictability of whitetails and, and, you know, a deer's home range goes from a mile to seven. I mean, just changes everything, but, but in a year they need food, water, and shelter. Um, so if you can nail down, where are they eating? Um, where are they drinking? And then where are they bedding and sleeping? you're going to kill whitetails. You're going to kill animals. Um, specifically uh, I like to hunt travel corridors between them. Um, so if I know they're bedding here and I know they're eating on a, you'll have to excuse me. I don't know what they have in PA to eat on, but, um, probably acorns I would imagine. But, um, you know, here in Kansas, a lot of bean fields, corn fields. Um, so I know if they're bedding here, um, and, and there's a cornfield here that they're feeding in, I, well, I want to be in this patch of woods connecting the two. Um, and they will be, coming through there from bedding to feed and feed to bedding. Um so if you think about it like that because again, um I can this is my biggest downfall in hunting is like overthinking where to set up. And, and and you know, I actually I did a podcast not too long ago and uh I wish I could remember who I was talking to to refer back to it. But um I did a podcast not too long ago I talked about the season of struggle I had been having because I tried to overcomplicate where to set up and I, I I had this new property and it was phenomenal and huge whitetails on it. and, And I had overthought where to set up. And, uh, this guy said, who was I stinking talking to? Um, anyways, in the, in the episode he said, just pull out, like back out, um, observe, you know, sit on top of a hill and observe where are they coming from? Where are they going? And I'm like, duh. Like I try to like, And I did that. And the next day I shot a whitetail and, uh, and and the struggle was over. Why? Because I, I got out of my own head. I quit trying to complicate it on, well, what if they're coming from this direction to go over here? And what if, anyways, I, I I unpacked my mind and I, I simplified it down from they're bedding here and they're coming out to feed here. Um, so just set here. And I, the next day I went back and sat there and shot a whitetail. Um, so when we keep it simple and when we, when we, tone everything else out of our minds and just say, okay, I know what they need, um, to survive. Where are they going to be now? Um, so we're hunting late season. Uh, we're going to be hunting, um, December 9th and 10th, I believe. Um, so it's late season. Now I have heard, I have heard that, uh, that they're still responding really well to grunts and rattles down there. Uh, so there might still be a little bit of, of, of rutting going on, but, Think about it like this, Joey. In the late season, like when you get done with a super hard workout, like when you've just you've just competed in a strongman contest, where are you going? I'm just going home. You're not going to eat? Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, well, I'm going go to go eat. Yeah, right after. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you got to like you got to replenish gotta everything. Fuel up. Yeah, yeah, you've just you've just depleted everything. Uh, late season for me is the easiest time to hunt because deer have spent all of November pounding themselves into the ground. They've chased does all day. They've, I mean, they've been running themselves ragged. They've been, they haven't been eating. They haven't been sleeping well because they're just trying to get some. Um, and so come December, you better believe they're going to be on food and they're going to be on food regularly because they have to, you know, just like after a big workout, they have to start replenishing. Like they have to, or they'll die. Like they have to, they have to, recharge the batteries and, and get fattened back up for a harsh winter. Um, and so late season, I would say target food, um, incredibly hard, which I know we're going to, um, this week in Oklahoma, I know we'll be sitting over some food plots. Um, but late and, and and again, it goes back to just like, we overcomplicate everything, but when we think about it like that, like when we think about, well, they've had a hard month, what are they going to be doing? Well, they're going to be eating. They're going to be replenishing their, their, their fat stores. Um, so I need to be hunting on food. Like we try to overcomplicate deer and, 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 you know, I, I, I probably shouldn't have jumped so far into Saturday's going to be good because of a cold front. Um, because that, that does get more into like the, the predicting of deer movement, which is, you know, a little more, yeah, I don't want to say advanced, but, um, but the simplicity of it is, is it's late season. They'll be on food. Um, and so, I will say this though a great tool to use to to really begin understanding this isn't just for Joey this is for for anyone a great tool to begin using is is Huntwise uh the Huntwise app uh is a great tool at understanding weather and and how they're going to respond to to moon phases and pressure rises and cold fronts and different winds and and so on and so forth so I would certainly uh go check out Huntwise what would you say outside of like the the how to hunt like questions about and you mentioned it yourself about gear and and what would you say like your biggest questions leading up into hunting about like gear would be
0: uh i guess just the all the different bells and whistles of things you know like what separates uh you know a hundred dollar pair of pants from five hundred dollar pair of pants and you know as a beginner uh like where would, where would I start? Right. You talk about different seasons. So do I need a pair of pants for every season? Is there something that covers, you know, across the board, right? Like I'm also a a guy who like does like gear. like I'm not going to lie. You know, like I can get into it. I like going on YouTube and reviewing it. So, you know, it depends on what it is, but at the same time, I like to know, okay, this is what you really should invest in and this is what's worth it. And then here's where like, you probably don't need to buy, you know, or spend this much money on this, you know? So I think that's maybe a good question uh, for me, for me and like the people who listen to this podcast, because it's easy to get overwhelmed. And, you know, even like when it comes to my bow, I remember being like, you know, you you have a whisker biscuit versus uh, I guess like some sort of drop, right? I don't don't know the correct terminology of it, Um, but you're sitting there and you're like, okay, if I'm beginning is spending the extra couple hundred bucks on this, is that worth it? Is it not worth it? Right? Like, I, I don't know. Or, Uh, arrows like stuff like that so for me i think that's kind of the basis of what i would ask you know you is like these are the essentials that you want to spend a lot of money on and don't be cheap on um and here's where it probably doesn't matter as much and you can get away with certain things
1: so you like gear um i do I'm currently rotating the arrows I built for you in front of the camera. Uh, <laughs> the freedom flyers, the freedom meat seekers. No, uh, you <laughs> say like gear. I've called myself several times a gear junkie. It's a problem. Um, it's an addiction. Like if I could turn my camera around in my room, you know, on that shelf you've got like four sights, and and uh, the, over there's spotting scopes and binoculars and five dozen different arrows, and there's a closet full of camo and. I'm a gear junkie, uh, just like yourself. I love new gear. Um, I would say the biggest thing people neglect and and the biggest thing when you're going to go and and you're going to start this tackling is everybody wants, be it cool camo or cool bows or cool whatever. At the end of the day, no matter what you have, whether you've got a pair of $800 $800 binoculars or $1,400 binoculars doesn't matter. The only thing that is going to come in contact with that animal, and the first thing that comes in contact with the animal is that arrow. Um, and I think people neglect, and that's not just beginners, like that's that's not even like it's my pet peeve when we start talking and hunting. And I'm like, what arrow setup are you run? They're like, uh, um, I ran out, um, uh, whatever, uh, and I'm like, really. Like you, you told me what bow you were shooting, what sights, what rest. I mean, you told me everything about all your other setup, but you never even put thought into the arrow that's contacting the deer, um, or, or the elk, whatever it might be. Um, and so I say put a lot of money into arrows, um, which a lot of money, you know, 200 bucks, uh, for good arrows, which, um, you've got yourself here, uh, just about the best arrow you can buy in my opinion. Um, but do research on like. And, and this goes for everybody like, do research on w- what causes an arrow to fly good. Um, because we went through a, and, and a lot of people are still stuck in it, but like the hunting world and the bow hunting world went through like this decade of like speed, 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 speed and wanting fast, 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 fast. And I'm like, why, like, why do you care how fast the arrow is going? Um, so think about it like this, Joey, uh, would you rather me throw a ping pong ball at you hundred mile an hour? or a bowling ball at you 10 mile an hour? Which I one's going to hurt?
0: <laughs> I mean, the bowling ball is
1: definitely going to... Exactly. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't care how fast my arrow's going. I want the arrow to hit them and knock them off their stinking feet. Um, mm-hmm. So Joey here... Um, just tell you the setup you're running. Um, and so the listener can hear, uh, it's a silencer shaft from deer crossing archery, uh, which for those of you who are not familiar with deer crossing archery, that is their micro diameter shaft. I'm a big proponent of micro diameters. Um, they're, they're heavier walled, so they're going to be heavier. Uh, but it's also a smaller shaft to get through the animal. So you're going to get better penetration, uh, 350 spine. You're running uh, let me do the math here in my head, 235 grains out front. Um, and that's, what's going to hit that animal and knock it off its stinking feet. Um, so for those of you who are just getting into bow hunting, I'm going to say this, don't ca- don't get caught up in the speed game. Don't get caught up in how fast is your bow shooting. I put your arrows on the scale at the bow shop and the guy said, well, they're just about maxing out my scale. And I'm like, that's good. Um, but they're flying phenomenal. Shot your bow a bit this week and uh, flying great out of that bow. Um, so I would say don't get caught up in the speed game. And uh, and really, when you talk about what to put money towards, in my opinion, um, you can spend all the money you want on bows and camo and boots and, and all the fancy stuff you want. Um, but if you ain't got a good arrow, why in the crap you out there because that's the only thing that's going to touch the animal, anyways? Um, same is true with Broadhead. Um, and and broadhead even more so because it's quite literally the first part of the first arrow that does touch them. Um, and people just never put thought into it. People never consider their broadheads and their arrow setups and, and they just want fancy everything else and to look cool. And, and, um, and so I would say when it comes to the simple part of bow hunting, um, don't neglect your arrow and broadhead setup. Don't, don't, don't skip out on that. Um, and then as far as like, your question on like what gear to not, to not skimp out on. And, and clothing is a big one. Um, but it changes per hunt. Like if I'm going on a, on Western hunt where I'm going to be packing in 12 miles, uh, that bear hunt, for instance, we packed in like 14 miles. Um, don't neglect your boots. Like you can, I don't care if I don't have a tent to sleep in, I'm going to buy good boots. Um, but, but other than that, like when it comes to like whitetail hunting deer, I would say the first thing that you should put your thought into is your arrow and broadhead setup and uh, putting putting a good portion of your budget towards that Uh, clothing. That's a tricky one, man, Um, because, again, I'm a guy that I like gear and I I like um, I like to have a system for everything. Um, I will say this, though. I got to say this without making anybody mad. You said, what's the difference between a hundred dollar pair of pants and a five hundred dollar pair of pants? Um <laughs> could possibly just be a logo. Like could possibly just be what's on the clothes. Um and I'm not gonna name any names, uh, but some of the super expensive brands that that you can automatically think of in your mind when you hear me talking, they're not even built for whitetails. Like they're they're built for they're built for mountains and and fast hunting and running up the mountain and and that that's a complete different kind of system. Um and again I'm not going to name any names, but when I say this this slogan you'll get it, but it's like ultra light hunting gear. Well, something is ultra light is missing out on something else. Like and again I'm not saying it's bad gear, but but if it's ultra light, it's missing out on something else. And so, um, I would just say, start by looking at the species you're hunting, which you said that you said whitetail, you wanted to start by looking at whitetail. Well, uh, we'll look at whitetail clothing systems. Um, because I'm, I, I don't need a, a super lightweight. I'm not, I'm not walking in three miles. You know, we're driving a side by side hundred yards from our tree stand and walking in, like, it doesn't matter. You know, I don't, I don't need to, to, to have that super awesome layering system. Um, <clears throat> Now, I will say this about clothing and for any beginner, I'm a huge proponent, especially for comfortability of having a layering system, um, not just one big piece of gear that you put on when it gets cold and one small piece of gear when it, when it's warm, uh, have that system that you can build on, uh, like when I go hunting and, and, and I'll show you the, all this Joey, but like when I go hunting, like say it's thirty say it's 20 degrees in the morning. Well, I know it's going to be 40 by the time I walk out. So I might start with a heavier jacket, have a vest and a base layer underneath that. um, And then I know once it gets 40 and I want to walk out, I can unzip my jacket, have a vest and a base layer and be fine. Um, Rather than just, I'm either hot or I'm cold. Um, And so I'm a big proponent of having that layering system of, of I can peel layers off or I can put layers on depending on what the weather does. Um, because if you're not comfortable, you're not going to stay out there. And, and if you're not comfortable, you're not going to be still. You're not going to be quiet. You're not going to, you're not going to be focused. Um, dude, I've missed deer because I wasn't focused because I was cold. Like I've missed deer because I'm sitting there shivering and then they come in and I'm like, Oh crap, I, I'm not even ready. Um, and so being comfortable is a huge part of the hunt. Um, and so at, it's kind of hard to walk through a layering system, but but this might be more f- for video content. But uh, you know, when you look like at my at my my bottoms, uh, I'm going to start with a base layer, a merino wool base layer next to skin. Um, I've got like a three quarter zip base layer that can zip off, so I don't have to take my boots off to get them off. Um, and then depending on how cold it is or what it is, my pair of pants. So that gives me two layers underneath my pants I can take off if it gets hot or cold. And so no matter what your budget is, um, on clothing, and this doesn't just go for Joey, this goes for anybody getting into it. No matter what your budget is, you can build a layering system. Like you can build that system of, I've got a, a base layer, I've got a vest, I've got a puffer jacket that's insulated. I've got a raincoat and I've got a heavy coat. Um, like you can build that layering system and you can build it for cheap. Um, and, and obviously I'm a huge proponent of scent lock, but you know, my first, my first like puffer jacket, I went to like a Eddie Bauer outlet and, and got one for like 40 bucks and, you know, it worked perfect. Um, so you can build that, you can build that layering system for cheap, but I would say when you start with clothing, don't just start with, okay, I'm going to get a late season jacket, an early season jacket, and I'll be good. Like start with a system to where no matter how cold it gets or wet it gets, then you still know you're covered. Um, and, and you know that you can peel layers off or put layers on to stay comfortable. Um, let's dive into kind of your expectations of the hunt. Uh, to kind of put a bow on this, I guess. Um, heading into a hunt, you hear you're hunting in Oklahoma, you hear the words world class outfitter. Um, like what are your expectations leading into a hunt?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm just super excited to be honest with you. Like, I'm one of those guys where just the experience alone is enough for me. Like, you know, obviously uh, our goal is to, to kill something, right? Like that's why we're hunting. But at the same time, even if it didn't for me, the experience of going out to a world-class outfitter uh, being surrounded by that caliber of hunters and, you know, environment, terrain, etc., uh, automatically is, is a win for me because I'll be able to learn so much. And just like you had said, you, you, when you went on that bear hunt, right? Like you learned so much, uh, from, from doing that versus being on your own. So for me getting into it, I feel like one of the best things I could have done, uh, was take on this experience, which, you know, is is just going to teach me so much that can set me up for success down the road. Uh, the connections, you know, that I've made through you and the people we'll meet, um, you know, it's just gonna be phenomenal. Like I'm just like I said, uh, I'm just so excited to, to be able to to do this and you know, uh pick your guys' brains. Like you said, I'll be sitting there asking tons of questions and learning as much as I can. So I'm just trying to be a sponge and absorb it all and like I said, hopefully top it off with uh, you know, uh killing something, which would be, you know, first for me when it comes to big game and and I'll be smiling ear to ear, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen, maybe I'll get buck fever or piss my pants. I'm not sure. So we'll see. <laughs>
1: Oh man, I, I can't wait, dude. Um, I literally can't wait. Uh, I'm going to run you through Joey's bow setup real quick. Uh, before I do, I do need to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Koa optics. Um, I'm a big, big fan of, of nice optics going back to being a gear junkie, love optics. And, uh, I found an experienced Koa optics. Um, I was in Idaho on a bear hunt with the guys from SNS archery They carry Koa Optics. And I started playing with one while I was in their store, and I'm like, dude, these things are freaking great. Um, And since then, I've been hooked on Koa, all my binoculars, all my spotting scopes, all Koa. um, The finest Japanese-made glass I've ever found. So if you're in the market for some new optics, be it binoculars or spotting scopes, you guys got to go check out Koa Optics. Um, Now, onto your setup. I've already walked you through the arrow setup that Joey's going to be running. Um, Joey's going to be shooting the... Um, the bear redemption, which is the 2021 flagship bow, uh, the bear redemption. Now I did say, and I gotta, I gotta backtrack and step on my own feet here. Um, I said, I wouldn't start somebody with a three pin slider. Joey is starting with a three pin slider just because that's what I had on my bow. Um, (laughs) so sorry, uh, in my opinion, (laughs) it's the best site you could ever have. Um, and, and really this is kind of a, mixture of different sites um i actually took the base off of a single pin site um and this really isn't i'm not telling you this information really for you but but for the listener um i got a single pin react pro dovetail i took the housing of that off and i put the housing of a react trio on that that way i have a three pin slider on a dovetail um, so that's the site that joe is going to be running which in my opinion is the most bulletproof best site you could ever have um joey are you familiar with a three pin slider at all
0: uh i don't know a three pin slider but i just i know that mine has three pins on the site so i don't know if that's a difference with the slider in there or not but i have a three pin site
1: so for those of you who are, are, are new and maybe have that question like joey about the slider um so you've got your three pins you've got 20 30 40 now you've also a dot on the bow um so i don't know if you can see that moving there um, but mm-hmm. you've got a dial on the bow. So if a deer steps out at 60, which I'm not recommending you shoot a deer at 60 um, or, or anybody, uh, whitetails are, are too fast for that. But um, so if a deer steps out at 60, you dial that down to 60 and then your bottom pin has now become what's called a floater um, or a slider. Um, so you've got 20, 30, 40, but you can also slide that down to shoot all the way out to 120 yards uh, with how I have this set up using the bottom pin. Uh, so on a, on a slider, uh, once you move the sight, now only bo- your bottom pin is relevant. Um, and now only your bottom pin is what you would use. So you could move it down to 50, 60, 70, 80, and that bottom pin becomes the pin you would use. So, Which is why I like a three pin slider, because rather than a single pin where you have to move it no matter what, um, I've got my three like tree stand bow hunting s- set up, three pin sight. But then if something does happen and it's a little further, I can slide that down and still make the shot. So that's what he's shooting on sites. Got a whisker biscuit for a rest. Not only for beginners do I recommend whisker biscuit, I still personally shoot a whisker. B- I actually made the switch back to a whisker biscuit after um, the better part of 10 years with a drop away. Made the switch to a whisker biscuit back. Um, and I get a whole lot of questions about why. Why a whisker biscuit? Um, and, and the only answer I have to that, is why not. Like, people, again, people are like, well, speed. You're going to lose some speed. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I might lose one, two feet per second off my arrow. But who in the crud cares? Um, they're absolutely bulletproof. Nothing can go wrong with them. Um, great rest. That's what he's running on his rest. Got a trophy ridge, hitman stabilizer, and a... Um, hex like quiver so that's joey's uh setup that he's gonna be hunting with here in oklahoma again i got to shoot it a little bit this week i I went out and uh and shot it some now let me just say this uh sales pitch real quick about bear archery's bows here um i don't give a lot of sales pitches but if you're on bears podcast you can do that right um this bow had been set up at 27 and a half inches i shot a buck with this this very bow three days before I changed it. Um figured out Joey's draw length and within like three minutes this bow is set up shooting at 29 and a half. Um and that's what I love about Bear Archery is I could change this bow right now back down to my wife to shoot it tonight and then change it back ready for you to shoot it when you get here. Just phenomenal adjustability um which is one of the things I love about bear archery. So the Bear Archery redemption is what you're going to be shooting there. Um, Now Joey I always I always end my episode with what I call the hunting one-on-one field notes. Uh, so if you're not familiar with Fred bear, uh, the founder of bear archery and, and the godfathers of bow hunting, um, if not the godfather of bow hunting, he was big on field notes, jotting down what he's learned over the years. Um, and so I, I've, I've, you've been on a few hunts. What would you say out of those first few hunts? Like the first lesson you learned in hunting would be,
0: uh, dress warm. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like you were saying, uh, the, one of the first times I had gone out, uh, you know, I, I didn't anticipate the cold, uh, and you know, I'm sitting there shivering. And like you said, your focus is off and in my head, it had dawned on me. Okay. So if a deer did come out, you know, I feel like I would have been kind of so messed up from the cold that it could have affected my shot or my, my, yeah. my mood, my focus, all those things. Um, you know, so for me, prioritizing like that layering system that you had talked about, uh, has been a game changer where, you know, now I know what it takes just from being at certain temperatures from where I live, uh, that I can be comfortable. I can, you know, be able to focus on what I have to do and it's no longer, uh, a part of the equation that i'm worrying about
1: that's awesome man uh you went with ScentLock, didn't you
0: yeah i got the uh, i think it's the bow elite bow hunter elite uh i got the jacket and the pants
1: awesome man um that is uh yeah it's a it's a i think that's something that for some, it takes longer to understand. Like they take longer to get that. Like I'm shivering here, bitterly cold. Um, I wonder why I'm not seeing deer. I wonder why I'm leaving early. I wonder why, well, it's because you're sitting there freezing cold. And, uh, I had somebody come into my room not too long ago and, you know, I've got totes labeled Merino wool and base layers. And then I've got a closet full and they're like, why all the clothing? And I'm like, well, because I can go out and sleep in negative 20. Could you? And they're like, what? And I'm like, I want to be prepared for anything, you know, like I want to, like, if you say, let's go duck hunting and it's negative four, like I'm ready. Um, and so, yeah, man, uh, that's, that's a a good lesson that, that a lot of people should learn maybe faster because, (laughs) uh, you know, there's a reason that, that you're miserable and there's a reason that you have a bad idea in your mind about hunting and what hunting is was because you're uncomfortable. Um, same is true with, you know, boots out West or, or name it, whatever, backpacks. I mean, if, if if something is creating you to be miserable and to not enjoy your time, change it, fix it, um, because it'll make you more successful, it'll make you a better hunter. Um, well, Joey, thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, I cannot wait. Um, we're going to have a good time. Guys, tune in. Joey, where can they find you on social media?
0: Uh, I'm on Instagram, ZatStrength, S-Z-A-T, then the word strength. Um, uh, that's basically across all platforms whether it's youtube instagram uh website zatstrength.net, and uh gym is the lion's den that's in colmar pa so if you're ever in uh, pa or outside of philadelphia uh, come on check it out and get some training in
1: wait a second you're not a penn state fan are you
0: uh this is actually a fun fact is i was an athlete my whole life but i do not follow sports
1: Good. whatsoever okay.
0: So, so, so answer answer is probably no, which is good for you probably right now. So yeah.
1: Yeah, they just announced uh bowl games and we play Penn State January first. So uh okay. I just thought that I'm like, well man, wait a second. Can he come to my house? <laughs> I was gonna say I'm not allowed I'm not allowed over on my <laughs> I uh I did a thing one time, um I did a thing one time and it was a it was for ministry, but um we had one of the kickoff returners for K State come to our church. And the week before we played, K- Arkansas played K state in a bowl game. And, uh, and I texted him the day before the game and, and probably shouldn't do that for somebody getting ready for a huge game. But I just said, Hey man, depending on the outcome of this game, you might not be coming to our church, man. <laughs> uh, but we ended up killing him. So that was great. Um, So I say that to say this, go follow Joey, uh, because we're going to kind of try to be documenting what's going on all week. Um, you know, how the hunt is going, who shot a deer, where they, where they shot it, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you can follow me on social media, uh, tune into bear archery, social media um, tune into bear archery's YouTube. Um, because I talked to the guys this morning, they're like, if he kills a deer, man, we're going to make a big deal about it. And we're going to put out a big thing. So, uh, tune into bear archery, social media, tune into my social media, Joey's social media, uh, to kind of follow the documentation of this hunt. Tune in next week, uh, to hear how our hunt went, to hear what Joey learned, um, where his expectations met, Um, so on and so forth. Guys, thanks for listening. Before we do go, I do got to give a quick thank you to Minus33. In my opinion, the very best in the Merino wool game, uh, which we've talked a lot about clothing and layering. And it's something I'm excited to talk to you about, Joey, uh, the benefits of Merino wool and the the game-changing benefits of Merino wool. Um, So if you don't have any Merino wool or if you're in the market for some new Merino, go check out minus thirty three. Uh, because it has changed the way that I layer um, by far. So go check out Minus 33. Guys, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you back here next week.